Welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams. Red Pill Revolution started out with me realizing everything that I knew, everything that I believed, everything I interpret about my life is through the lens of the information I was spoon-fed as a child. Religion, politics, history, conspiracies, Hollywood, medicine, money, food, all of it. Everything we know was tactfully written to influence your decisions and your view on reality by those in power. Now, I'm on a mission. A mission to retrain and re-educate myself to find the true reality of what is behind that curtain. And I'm taking your ass with me. Welcome to the revolution. Hello and welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams and I'm so excited that you decided to listen in today. We have a crazy, crazy week unfold over the last several days here. Whether it's the verdict that came in regarding our last uh, podcast about the Rittenhouse trial, we have the verdict. Um, Whether it's the uh, hour-long interview that Tucker Carlson just moments ago finished up with Rittenhouse himself. Um, Some really interesting unfolding information, some things that people have picked up on throughout the trial, um, breaking down the footage that may have you questioned the entire thing. Um, All of that, plus we're going to talk about some breaking news updates in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, some uh, things that just came out that we found out about the person who murdered Jeffrey Epstein, and we're going to talk about the horrific events that just unfolded uh, within the last several um, day or so uh, regarding the uh, Wisconsin um, SUV incident where a man ran an SUV through a parade of individuals at a Christmas parade in the horrific situation where five people have been since pronounced dead and 40 more are injured. So all of that today and more, but first go ahead. And the next thing I need you to do before we get into any of that is go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I know that you know that you want to do that right now. Hit that subscribe button. And I need you to subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcasts right now, you could do something that would be so helpful to me, so helpful to Red Pill Revolution. And I need you to go click the ratings button and just give us a five-star rating. That would mean so much to me. Um, Feel free to write something. Feel free not to write something. Whatever works for you. But if you could leave that five stars, I would appreciate it so, so much. And if you're on YouTube, go ahead and hit the subscribe button also. Go find us on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can go to iChoose.Red.com is for losers. iChoose.Red. And you can subscribe to all of our channels there and even check out our new merchandise. And that's at RedPillRevolution.co.com is for losers. All right, guys, let's get into it. The first things that we're going to talk about today is some unfolding situations regarding the Rittenhouse case. Uh, Tucker Carlson just got done interviewing, um, well, not just got done, but they just put out the interviews um, of the Kyle Rittenhouse immediately. Within two days of the trial, Rittenhouse is sitting down with Tucker Carlson and breaking down the case, breaking down his thoughts on some of the media situations and the unfair treatment that he had within the media. And... um, a few other interesting things. So let's go ahead and run the first clip and uh, see what it is that we're going to talk about first. What did you make of the President of the United States calling you a white supremacist? Mr. President, if I could say one thing to you, I would urge you to go back and watch the trial and understand the facts before you make a statement. That's not a small thing to be called that. No, it's it's actual malice defaming my character for him to say something like that. I mean, why do you think, and it's not simply Biden who said that, it's a lot of people on top. So yeah, so he just answered basically whether, how he felt about the situation. And something you'll notice about Kyle throughout the entirety of the situation is just his composure. It's really impressive to me that at such a young age and such heightened uh, emotional situation he's so calm 
the entire time. He's so calm. Even in this interview, two days after getting his verdict, and I'm sure you know by now, but Kyle was found not guilty by 12 uh, jury uh, individuals unanimously decided he was not guilty after presiding and sitting around for three days coming up with that decision, asking the judge to relook over footage, um, doing so and coming to a conclusion on that third day that he was not guilty guilty of all charges. Everything was dropped. And in a very dramatic account, um, Kyle drops to his knees after the fifth uh, verdict is given and um, just crumbles. And I couldn't imagine myself being in that situation where your whole life is literally being decided in, you know, 10 seconds where they gave those verdicts. Um, so a truly spine chilling account. You watch the people behind him react to that situation. And I just could not imagine and cannot imagine being in his situation. So now that we got that out of the way, he just basically reacted to the way that the president called him a white supremacist. I would have liked Tucker to go even further talking about Pazaski going into, um, the, the case the day before, not just a year prior him stating about the white supremacy deal. Um, but Kyle just says very plainly and very wisely, you know, I just wish you would go back and watch the case. And I don't think that you would believe that, um, you know, and, and again, for a 17 year old, I know a, lot, a few 17 year old guys within my family. Um, and uh, I just can't see how anybody that age would be able to react this way. It's so interesting to me. Um, so let's check the next clip. You know, help make this better by holding some of these liars to account. Do you, do you plan to do that? I have really good lawyers who are taking care of that right now. Um, so I'm hoping one day there will be some, there will be accountability for their actions that they did. Okay, so you're, you're intent on not, you're not going to let that go. Uh, like I said, really good lawyers are handling yeah. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so during the trial, was there ever a point where you thought, despite the fact you had all this video evidence on your side bolstering your story, did you ever think, you know, I might go to jail for the rest of my life? That was a thought I had every single day until I got the not guilty verdict. Really? It was, because I didn't, we had, I don't, are you aware who Joel Demetrius is? Yes, yes. So um, Joel and selected my jury, which she did an amazing job, but you still have that gut, that feeling in your stomach and not. So the first thing that he just said there was, yes, absolutely, we're going to go after everybody who defamed my character and did say that what President Biden says was malice against him and was defamation and is could and will affect him in the future. And so he said, I have some very good lawyers who are going to be uh, pursuing this. Um, luckily, and, and like I said last time, I can't wait till Whit Rittenhouse is driving down Kenosha with an AR-15 and sitting passenger seat in his Lamborghini. I, I think I, I really just have a vivid mental picture um, of that. So, I, I, you know, like he should, he's going to go after all these people. I think in, in something that I saw the other day was that legally he has the grounds specifically to go after the Biden um, family for, for him saying that, which would be an interesting situation. Um, so, so through all of this, through the entire time, Kyle's always obviously said that he wanted to be a nurse or an EMT or something within the medical field. And now he's changed that opinion after winning this case and seeing what the actual ins and outs of this case were, um, that he wants to be a lawyer. It's like, maybe he found what he liked and he, you know, the intensity of this, you know, obviously didn't affect him very much. Um, so he even wants to get into law at this point, which I think is really interesting. Um, but I, obviously w the way that he acted within that, you know, the context of the situation, I really do think he could potentially be a great lawyer. And, and uh, he obviously knew his uh, the legal grounds enough for him to be able to defend himself in this situation. So um, interesting that he would say, I I'm interested in being a lawyer. And uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. I've been looking into law. I may want to become a lawyer. I haven't completely decided yet. So there he is saying that he's going to be a lawyer. I think that's really interesting. Now, now let's make a transition a little bit. Let's see if I have anything else for you into what is where it starts to get a little weird. So one thing that I noticed throughout this interview is that maybe 33% of the interview was regarding his legal team and representation prior to even, you know, so to me, it's like there's an hour for him to be interviewing him. And, and, and one of the, there's so many things that he could have unpacked in these questions and the way that this conversation went 33%, I would say, I didn't 
take a calculator out and time it. But it seems a lot of this conversation had to do with his initial legal team. And um, I think that when we're talking about the perspective of keeping an open mind and realizing that, you know, not only is there people being there to incite violence, but there's also situations where, um, well, let, let's let's just take a look and see. The family was represented by a pair of lawyers called Linwood and John Pierce. This came up out of nowhere. We were not expecting to have this conversation at all. We we're taken by surprise a little bit, but it's really interesting. Here's Kyle Rittenhouse's description of what his lawyers did to him. That intro was a little disingenuous on Tucker's part. It's like, oh, and we had no idea that this was going to come up in this extremely important interview with the you know biggest possible situation there's been in several years for a legal situation. So for him to go, we had no idea that this topic would even be discussed. It just sounds so disingenuous. Um, and let's watch the rest of it regarding what that actually was. So just keep that in mind. She get arrested, what happens then? Once I'm arrested, I go to Depke Juvenile uh, Facility, and I gotta, I gotta say thank you to them for their professionalism. And the jailers, the the guards yeah. at Depke, they're they had they were the utmost professional people I've ever met. Really? Exactly. They were some of the most professional people I've ever met. It was amazing. amazing. Like they treated me with respect and they didn't like talk down to you like you've seen like in some videos. They just treated me like I was a human. How long were you there? I was in jail for 87 days and this goes as follows in with Lynn Wood who Lynn Wood was raising money on my behalf and he held me in jail for 87 days, disrespecting my wishes put me on media interviews, which I should never have done, which he said, oh, you're going to go talk to the Washington Post, which was not a good idea, along with John Pierce. They said I was safer in jail instead of at home with my family. And then after I'm billed... Your uh, lawyer said that. My lawyer said that, John Pierce and Lynn Wood. So I think it's interesting where that started. He goes, how long were you in jail for? He goes, I was in jail for 87 days, and that follows right in line with the Lynn Wood situation, and then goes on to talk about his legal team. So the direct response and segue was from how many days in jail were you? Or how many days were you in jail? <laughs> and he goes, I was in jail for 87 days, and then immediately transitions to his legal team for no specific reason. Now, I know there's been talk about, you know, they um, basically got a bunch of money and donations based on the Rittenhouse situation and uh, under, you know, the guys that it was going to be given to Rittenhouse in some way or another. And then they didn't give him that money somehow. Um, but let's see what he continues to say about this. 87 days is a long time to be in jail. It, it was it was very long. I lost a lot of weight in there. I, I, I since then gained it back. I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But 87 days of not being with my family for defending myself and being taken advantage to, being used for a cause by these by John Pierce and Lynn Wood, trying to solicit, not solicit, trying to raise money so they can take it for their own benefit, not trying to set me free. So you think they could have raised the money for bail faster, but they didn't? Um, I believe it. I believe sometime in September, September 5th, I want to say, they had over a million dollars and bail was set and able to be posted in September. So they could have had me sign the waiver for extradition and had me back in Wisconsin and I could have been bailed out by mid-September. But they wanted to keep me in jail until November 20th. So another interesting thing I, I think about that is like how many times did he say those lawyers' names specifically? And he knew that he was, you know, Kyle's a smart guy, but he knew what he was doing there. And he wanted you to remember those names, right? He wanted you to hear those names three, four, five times or so that he mentioned that throughout that quick little portion of the interview um, where he wants you to remember that, right? So it's like, why is so much time being given to these individuals on the single largest interview of the, you know, I, some would argue one of the largest uh, news 
primetime interviews there's been in a very long time right here. Um, and so much of it was given to these lawyers. Now, whether that was intentional by Kyle, whether that was intentional by Fox, whether that was intentional by the powers that be that are sitting here pulling the strings in these situations to incite this violence and to, you know, sway the verdicts or to, you know, give an opinion by our, you know, White House press secretary the day before the um, <laughs> verdict is given out to sway the opinions, you know, wherever this is coming from, the this looks like a hit on Linwood and Pierce. And it, it seems weird. And, and I'm not all too deeply familiar. But one thing I do know is that Pierce and Linwood are deeply tied into the Trump administration, deeply tied into um, some of the uh, bigger ideas that are out there regarding where this could be going in the future. And um, Pierce himself is actually taken on several of the January 6th um, insurrectionists uh, as uh, his legal team. So it's an interesting correlation between the timing of this, the timing of that, and whether or not there's any purpose behind how do you get a immediate interview, the largest interview for a primetime news station could have had in a very long time. And so much energy is given to this topic. So much energy. And nobody cares, honestly. Nobody cares about that situation. But Kyle specifically mentions and says their names. And I, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who comes from a sales background. And I taught people how to speak. And to pick up on when somebody is thinking while they're talking or purposefully in interjecting uh, an idea into the conversation because they want a specific outcome from it. Or because they want to spin the conversation a certain way or your idea of the conversation a certain way. So I noticed that split second in Kyle before he has to think to say their names so that you remember those names. So think of that. He's been after me for a year. Every issue that comes up, David Hancock attacks me with lies. So I think that Kyle is being used for David Hancock's agenda. And David Hancock is a CIA asset. And we'll, we'll watch another thing, which I find to be one of the most interesting parts of this entire thing, which crumbles potentially the house of cards of this even being a real case in the first place. So, in a, and again, I'm going to come from this from a hyperlogical perspective, but it's crazy not to recognize what happened. So I came across a clip, um, a clip of the uh, prosecutor sitting at um, his podium speaking and during the actual cross-examination of Kyle Rittenhouse. And if you go to the NBC Chicago YouTube page, look for the title is this full video prosecutors cross-examine Kyle Rittenhouse. It's a three hour uh, video and at 19 seconds and 20 or 19 minutes, I'm sorry, in 20 seconds, you're going to see something that could shatter the entire reality of this case and could potentially make you believe that this entire thing was a setup to begin with. And you push that behind the purposeful discussion that was just had regarding the legal team initially and who those people are tied into. And it really starts to get interesting. So let's watch this clip because to me, this could shatter a ridiculous amount of uh, ridiculously large house of cards in our media and in these psychological operations that have happened for decades within our country and we're just starting to wake up to. So watch this clip right here and see if you see what I see. And if you're not here or watching on the YouTube page or on Rumble, what we're looking at is the prosecution standing at this podium and there's the doorways. You see this the um, flooring right behind him and somebody walks out the door. As soon as somebody walks and opens up the door to the actual courtroom, another individual who's I would assume is the security walks around the actual like almost church pews that are sitting there and play. Would hit in March? Yes. And you'd only started working at the Rectflex on August 14th, correct? Um, I believe I got hired before that. Did you see it? Did you see it? So let's go back. And I want you to focus on the guy on the left hand of the window. The guy walks yes. around the corner here. And you'd only okay. started. Guy walks out of the door. Somebody walks August next to him. 14th. And all we can see is the left hand side. And there's one step. 
Um, he goes to look up, pick up his second foot. Clear as day. I believe I. And the second foot is gone. Gone. There's no logical reasoning behind the fact that this guy's foot is gone from the video here. Unless there's a green screen being implemented and some type of like chromatic visual effects being put onto this and, and hyper or superimposed behind this prosecutor. There's no reason. Let's go back again because you'll see this guy walk around the church pews. You'll see him walk right there, take his first step, foot touches the ground. Second step, foot is gone. No foot. No foot at all. Okay, so this is November 11th that this comes out, okay? Working at the Recplex. And that's important because we're going to get to something else in a second. The day before this, okay, that plays into this, okay? Walks around uh, the August corner. I'm going to show it to you one more time. Correct. Steps one foot, two uh, foot, I believe third foot, third step. His foot's gone. Like it was behind a green screen. No logical reasoning for this being to, to happen. And I understand this somewhat because I... In, You've seen the video editing I do and somewhat know what I'm doing. And it took a good amount of research to figure that out. But there's no reasoning from like a videography perspective unless there is some sort of green screen and some sort of superimposed um, visual being put there that his foot is gone. You can no longer see this security guard's foot. So there had to be a box there or something raised that his foot fell behind that had some sort of green screen there. So you no longer see his actual foot. One last time. Working at the Recplex on August 14th. Walks out, step, um, step. I believe gone. I got hired. And immediately as that happened, they change the camera angle. On August 14th, correct? Step, step, um, step. Third time, and his foot's gone. Invisible, like fucking Harry Potter's invisibility shoe. And it's gone. Like fucking magic. There's no reasoning that that should happen. Absolutely zero, zero reasoning from a videography perspective that his foot should be just out of the scene here. Okay? Now, where this gets a little bit more interesting is when you tie this into the day before the White House pushed out a picture of Biden. And I'm sure you may have heard this one by now. And maybe just didn't connect it to. But if we go to the White House's Instagram page which was a picture that was sent out the day before that live video of Kyle Rittenhouse being cross-examined. You see a picture of Biden walking across the White House lawn. And as soon as you zoom in, the house of cards crumbles. His foot is gone. No shoe. His right foot even, or his, yeah, his right foot is gone at the toe. His as if he has no foot there. There's a picture of Biden walking across the lawn of what looks to be like a, either the White House lawn or somewhere. Um, and in the picture, his foot is just gone. His shoe is gone. And this is the day before the trial. The day before, the, or not the day before that video, the live video of Kyle Rittenhouse and the prosecutor talking and behind him that security guard's foot being eliminated from the scene in the very exact same manner that it is like just like it's a green screen here okay again if you are on the white house social media team or you are the videographer for chicago msnbc or that clip came from you know what you're doing you've been doing this for a very long time or at least long enough to get yourself in a position to take that spot and you know what you're doing more than I know what I'm doing. And this would never happen in the video that I'm editing. This would never happen in the picture that I take. Their feet are gone. And this is the day before and the day after this happens. Coincidence? Probably fucking not. No way. That makes no sense. The likelihood that Biden drops a picture, the White House drops a picture of Biden's foot gone, and the only little clue that's left, the only little nugget of information that we have that could shatter the house of cards of this Rittenhouse trial, possibly, potentially being some sort of green screen in the background where his foot come, goes out of that shot, that scene there, like that, in that manner could completely shatter the ideas that we have regarding this case, regarding the, you know, almost, 
idolization of Kyle Rittenhouse. And then two days after that, he comes out and is speaking on these lawyers and this legal team who's deeply intertwined to the upcoming uh, legal battle regarding January 6th. Um, it's a really interesting correlation between these situations. The likelihood that, and I'd not fully seen the whole picture yet, and so it'll take probably a little bit for us to figure this out, but the likelihood that the president has a picture that comes out the day before the video, and they're both shoeless in the same exact manner, in the same exact videography and photography blunders, on such wide scales is find me another picture and I'll, I'll completely disregard this theory. Find me another picture of any president where they're walking and the foot's gone. The foot just disappears. That would tell me there's a logical explanation where this has happened before. And I'll disregard this theory. Find me any jury footage, find me any footage at all from within a courtroom where somebody's foot, the bailiff is walking down the center and his foot is gone from the video. Find me that. Just find me that. That's all I want you to do. Find me one of those clips and I will completely disregard this theory. But until you do that, this Rittenhouse situation is getting fucking weird. Getting a little weird. So what could that even mean? Right? And then you get to these interviews and all he wants to talk about, a good portion of what he talks about is the legal team, Lynn Wood and Pierce. And both of those are deeply, deeply intertwined into this like deep state mentality and, and the, the legal team around Trump. And we'll get into more later. But for now, I think that's enough. It should pique your interest that there, there's an intersection there. And then, there, and then that picture from the White House and the video from Rittenhouse's case. So it all it all makes too much sense, right? The publicity around this case, why there's so much going on, why it's the single court case that was so publicized of any court case I can recall, right? Why is there so much publicity surrounding this? And, and if you understand and you think that these things have happened to push the narratives of the left, you have to understand that it has to come from the right too. This isn't a one-sided road everybody's looking to, to sway your opinion. Everybody's looking to manipulate you. Everybody wants you to think whatever their narrative is, is the right one. And so you have to pull yourself out of that and say, you know, what information am I being given? And where are the threads that I could pull on a little bit? So pull on those threads, go watch that video, because it really changed my idea of what this whole situation could have been. And, you know, it, it's hard to see it would be hard to comprehend the idea of the right or, or the left or whoever is in power, right? The people who are normally, you know, funding Soros and the people that are funding the Black Lives Matters and the, the Rothschilds families and the people that are pulling these strings. You would be hard to picture them allowing a win for self-defense and gun rights. But if they did it under the purpose that there was a deeper intention behind the idea, right? And so... And this one gets a little bit deeper and, and I saw some things come up and I'm only going to mention this. I don't know if I don't believe this, honestly, I don't believe this, but I saw pictures correlating between the Sandy Hook, one of the Sandy Hook victims that looked close to similar to what Kyle could have looked like at that age. And, you know, I, I see how that could be just be completely disrespectful to the situation in both manners. Um, so I, again, I don't believe that, but it's something to, to think about, right? You got to take yourself out of these situations and take your the jersey off. You're not team red. You're not team blue. You're not team left. You're not team right. You're not team Trump. You're not team Biden. Fuck all of that. Make a decision for yourself. Figure these things out and, and pull on those strings. Because if, if this Rittenhouse situation looks so much crazier after I just watched that video, um, and it may sway you to think the same because it makes no sense. And so, so here's my thought is, is maybe there's a reason behind why if, if this was some deep state psychological acting with green screens and the whole nine and, and this entire thing was built on a house of cards. And the one thing that were dropped little nuggets of is the elimination of Biden's foot in this picture. And then the very next day for a split second within this trial, the green screen on a live feed on a live feed. The guy, the bailiff's foot is gone from the picture 
for a second before they change scenes. Something weird. So, again, there's a crazy thing going around about, the, you know, potentially him being a crisis actor and, you know, it being a uh, all a setup from then and he's coming back now as Kyle Rittenhouse. It, it's a little far-fetched for me. Um, but, you know, pull on the strings. See where they take you. I don't believe that one. Um, but, so, where where would this all go and why would they want to do that? And, um, and, and I think, obviously, furthering the divisiveness between the left and the right is a great answer for that. Um, I think that stoking the flames and hoping for more riots, right? I think that maybe he knew that written, maybe Rittenhouse isn't in on it and this isn't a green screen and somehow the camera just completely fucked up super weird way. And, and Biden posted this picture and the person had no idea. And the like, the correlation is just crazy, but let's say that. And, uh, Rittenhouse wasn't a part of this and they wanted to manipulate him because his initial legal team was, you know, Lynn Wood and Pierce and, and they wanted to take those guys down. And now they basically go on a smear campaign on Tucker Carlson two days after the situation. And, and so there's a couple, there's a couple actual clips that we want to watch here that I want you to notice Kyle Rittenhouse's demeanor. And I, I think that's something that came as a theme is like you watch Kyle Rittenhouse and there's no reason I talked about it at the beginning of this It's like, he's so calm and so like his answers were well thought out and he like held his composure through all of this really, really well. And, and, and if this is all bullshit and all of these things were weird, um, you know, just happenstances, you know, I'm impressed with Kyle and, and more power to him for protecting himself as he should in this situation. I 100% believe this was self-defense, but I also believe that there's some weird shit going on. So watch his demeanor when he's asked these questions. Just like watch, you should watch the situation where he brings up their names three, four times, and you can see him thinking about remembering that he should bring up their names, right? But let's go back and let's watch a little bit here where he talks about um, why he's so calm. Which is a good question by Tucker Carlson. But before we do that, I need you to do this one little thing for me. I need you to like and subscribe to this channel. I need you to share this to whoever you know. And I need you to go to ichoose.red.com is for losers. Ichoose.red and sign up for my newsletter. I'm gonna be keeping you guys updated. I'm gonna be pushing out all of the articles that I reference there. I'm going to be putting out a weekly newsletter about the topics that we discuss and it will keep you updated moving forward. I appreciate you guys so much. Like, subscribe, share. Let's start this revolution together. Why are you so calm? I'm a naturally calm person. I don't find, I find it to be a problem when people are overreacting because things are out of our control. So I try not to deal with that. Huh. I mean, just for the... Believe me, on the inside, I'm freaking out. Well, you must be. I mean, for the record, we're, you know, you just got acquitted. Yeah. I mean, like two days ago. Yeah. So that was the first thing I noticed, that you seem very calm. You don't seem like someone who's just been through, a, you know, had his mind blown. Yeah, and the inside I'm freaking out, but the best thing you can do, you freak out, everybody else freaks out. It's like a chain reaction. Yes. So the best thing I can do is stay calm. Do you feel like you've been watched over? I believe God's been on my side through the beginning. So interesting. He looks super calm. And this is two days after. If I go through a murder trial and I get acquitted for, you know, rightfully defending myself against three people who threatened me and, and tried to kill me. First of all, I'm not going on a fucking interview in two days after, 48 hours after, 48 after he's, he's, his verdict is not guilty and he gets to go home knowing full well that he's not going to spend the rest of his life in jail. And he's doing a Tucker Carlson interview. Not only that, but within that Tucker Carlson interview, he looks as composed as somebody that you were interviewing about the way that they mow their lawn. He looks like he's not even talking about he murdered three people as self-defense and technically not murder, right? Self-defense. Um, but he, he had to defend his own life against these people. And now he's 48 hours later, you're sitting on Tucker Carlson talking about this defense and you're just, you know, I'm just a super calm guy, cool as a cucumber. And, uh, you know, 
Shot a couple guys. Uh, they were trying to kill me. One, uh, you know, tried to grab my rifle. Another one hit me with a rock. Another one hit me with a skateboard. But, you know, I just try to keep a positive disposition. So that's weird. It's like, you know, if you're... It looks weird to me. It's like, again, I'm pretty good at picking up on people's emotions. And he looks like he's acting a bit. And, and, and again, maybe you're acting because you're on Tucker Carlson 48 hours after getting a not guilty verdict. And you still have to act, right? They're still giving you questions and prompting you. And you're probably talking to lawyers and all this stuff. But... He looks like he's got a, a separate layer of thought going in his consciousness while he's speaking to Tucker and, and thinking, what should I be saying next? How should I be framing it? Should I mention their name again specifically for those lawyers, right? And so it's weird. And you start to dissect him, his how calm he was throughout the trial. And I'm just saying, look into it. Pull those strings. Um it is quite interesting how calm that he was throughout that interview. And there's no way, like I said, there's no way you're interviewing me 48 hours after I get acquitted for self-defense on three people who I, I shot with a rifle. And, you know, maybe that just speaks again to his character and how, how calm he is and how much, you know, how uh, his, you know, just his character and being a good dude or something. But, um, but it just seems crazy to me. It seems crazy in the likelihood that you're going to find somebody in this specific situation who's so capable and ready to handle this situation. The interviews with Tucker Carlson and getting acquitted and, you know, just all of this stuff um, in the manner that he has is, is so interesting. So look into it. Read on it. We're going to move on. So this is unbelievable. This is a crazy breaking situation that happened within the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, something that was just found out um, by an account um, called uh, Real News No Bullshit. And I saw it from their feed. And I'm pretty sure they're the ones that came out with this information specifically. And they dove into it. And I saw that they spent 176 hours basically putting time in to, to pull this information out of the trials itself. And so what they found was that 10 days after the cellmate, who allegedly was with Epstein at the time that he hung himself, apparently didn't strangle him, but had a broken trachea, or, you know, signs of strangulation, but apparently killed himself with a, a shirt in his cell. According to this, 10 days after Epstein died, he changed his legal team to the Ghislaine Maxwell's legal team. He switched his lawyers from his lawyers to the same lawyers as Ghislaine Maxwell's. And this guy was a public, he was a cop. A very, very juiced up, steroided out cop, mind you. But there's no way he has money. These guys, these guys charge $1,500 an hour upwards. He does not have the money to be able... And how specific is that, that you end up getting the exact lawyer of the handler of the cellmate who you were just with that killed himself? No way. So here, this is where this is the situation. This is what they said. So here he is. Here's the very, very steroided out uh, police officer. Um, and here's the piece of shit garbage of humanity, Jeffrey Epstein. Um, and it says, breaking news. Bring this a little closer. It says, breaking news. Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein. After beginning our investigation from the ground up, our team has uncovered that Jeffrey Epstein's last cellmate at the Metropolitan Correctional Center in Manhattan shares the same lawyer as Ghislaine Maxwell. Nicholas Tegrelian the former cellmate of Jeffrey Epstein, retains Bobby Sternheim. Mrs. Sternheim is also the lead attorney on Ghislaine Maxwell's case. Interestingly enough, Tagrelone dismissed his last legal team and hired Sternheim on August 21st of 2019, 10 days after Epstein was found dead in his jail cell. Tagrelone a former Westchester County police officer was serving time for murdering four people during a drug deal. Epstein and Tegarleone became cellmates, which is well documented in the press. Interestingly to point out, we called the law firm that Bobby Starnheim works for. Fasulo, Braverman, and DiMaggio, LLP, inquiring about hourly rates as a prospective client. We were told that their rates start at $450 to $1,500 an hour, depending on the lawyer. A rate for Mrs. Starnheim was not disclosed to us. Outlets across the spectrum detail that Targrelian 
reportedly tried to prevent Epstein from hanging himself once. We have attached court documents that show this occurred. We have also attached a link where you can see the lawyer switch up. So that's at courtlistener.com slash docket slash 7029100 slash united hyphen states hyphen v hyphen tartaglione t-a-r-t-a-g-l-i-o-n-e slash if you know how to pronounce the name let me know i'd love to correct this because <laughs> that's a tough one um says we are going from the ground up uh, more to come we are posting our findings in segments so again this is real news no bullshit this is on instagram what a crazy crazy bombshell of a finding by this small news uh corporation go give them a follow that's truly and they said that they're doing um drops every so often of what they found by diving deep into this and this is a huge one and this should be on every news outlet in the country tomorrow and if it's not you know why um so he switched his legal team 10 days after he more than likely murdered jeffrey epstein the biggest sex trafficking piece of shit in humanity's history who killed himself, but this guy fucking murdered him in his jail cell, more than likely for the powers that are behind Ghislaine Maxwell to get rid of him and then hired the same legal team that she has 10 days after she murders or he murders Epstein or Epstein kills himself, whatever you want to think. What is the likelihood of that? And what what are the implications of this? What does this mean? It means there's obvious ties between this man who was in the cell at the time that Jeffrey Epstein hung himself hung himself. There's obvious ties, deep ties between him and Ghislaine Maxwell. There's no likelihood that they find the same lawyers. There's no likelihood he can afford his, her lawyers. No likelihood at all. This guy looks like he can barely afford anything besides the trend balone and the wife beater on his back. Oh, he's got a couple dogs, so he's got to feed them too. But there's no way this guy has the money to hire her legal team unbelievable breaking situation. And I will be so interested to see how this gets reported if it gets reported at all. So go check that out. Real news, no, uh, real news, no bullshit on Instagram. Um, and give them a follow because that's truly great reporting. Really, really excited to see the other things that they come out with because the implications of this could be tremendous. And so another thing that I want to get into is a list that I've been seeing circulating and I don't know exactly um, what this list is about, but according to this and what I've read so far and the limited amount of information that I've gotten into this is basically that there has been a list of her co-conspirators that was basically, um, given out in September. And so you can find this directly on the government's website under uh, ia801807.us.archive.org and then a bunch of other stuff. I'll link it in the description here. But basically, according to what I've read online, this is a list of co-conspirators. So people that she has named or were named on her behalf um, that were a part in some way with the uh, trafficking and the Jeffrey Epstein case and her case as well of grooming these young women to become... Um, atrociously uh, taken advantage of by celebrities and Hollywood and the elite. And so let me go down this list so that you can see what I'm seeing. The 1953 trust is named first. And these are just people named within this legal proceeding. Um, his trust is basically where he said all of his money is to go. And there's interesting correlations between the 1953 trust where after Epstein dies, his money is supposed to go. And um, according to some things that I read, there is uh, ties between that and potentially um, Bill Gates and a lot of other people who had, um, but it's very hard to find what the investors were in that trust. Um, but there's a string to pull on. Um, Harvey Weinstein, Sean Carter, Doreen Indyke, Richard Kahn, the Weinstein Corporation, Miramax Films, the Walt Disney Company. Disney, the Walt Disney Company is named as a co-conspirator in the Ghislaine Maxwell case. That is crazy. That is so alarming coming from a parent's perspective. The fact that that's even on this piece of paper, this legal document in the U.S. archives. Def Jam Records, Rock Nation, Universal Music Group, Beyonce Knowles, right alongside 
Kanye West, Terrence Thornton, Black Cube Limited, Vivendi, Dwayne Carter, so Lil Wayne, Young Money Entertainment, Lil Wayne's company, Good Music, Shelly Smith, let me give you some more names that I'm familiar with, Sprint Corporation, Viacom CBS, Virgil Abloh, then Ghislaine Maxwell, the City of New York Police Department, Sony Entertainment, are all among the listed names in the co-conspirators of the Ghislaine Maxwell case. So, we'll see what's to come of that. I don't know exactly what to pull from that information, but this is a U.S. document filed in August of 2020, right around the time this was all really coming to light. And uh, we'll see what comes out in these court proceedings because I am going to be deep, balls deep in all of it, giving you guys the information on this case because I think that obviously this is way more important than the single case that was done with Kyle Rittenhouse to show that, yeah, of course we have our fucking right to defend ourselves. Let's put some focus on the single largest sex trafficking ring that has Walt Disney, Harvey Weinstein, Beyonce listed in as co-conspirators. How about we get into that? How about we give some focus on that? How about we get some live TV cameras in? Even if there's a green screen in the background, I don't give a shit. Get some, get, get some cameras in this, this case because this is the single largest case that could open up the doors to what is and what has been the utilization of young women to be taken advantage of by people in positions of power in Hollywood, by positions of power in media corporations, by positions in power in finance, in politics, in international uh, freaking trade. Like so many people are involved in this. Walt Disney, Beyonce, Let's have a conversation about that because the fact that these names are even in here and where this case could potentially go is unbelievable. And we, I personally, would do everything in my power to make sure, and I, I'm sure a lot of other people agree, that this piece of shit gets put behind bars for an extremely long period of time with Ghislaine Maxwell. And if you don't know the background of Ghislaine Maxwell, and you don't know the background of her family and the CIA ties from her father and her sister who started the very for one of the very first uh, widely used search engines, which her and her sister, Ghislaine Maxwell and her sister, made over $100 million from the deal of when they sold it during the dot-com boom. And then... Like I said, the ties between her father and the CIA. So there's an idea that if, if you're not as familiar in this world is that Ghislaine Maxwell was the CIA or the handler of Jeffrey Epstein. And what we know for sure is that she helped Jeffrey Epstein by grooming these young women. She was his madam who would go around and basically groom these young women and put them in positions where they were, you know, obviously unbelievably taken advantage of in disgusting ways. And um, that she would handle Jeffrey Epstein and make sure, you know, as his handler, that he didn't step out of line and that they would use these young women as uh, and the video footage that they would find of these people in these precarious situations like Prince Andrew, um, like Clinton, like literally the is an endless list of celebrities and politicians who went to this island. But the idea is that basically they had video footage of all these people engaging in these horrendous acts. And as a result of that, they have the ultimate blackmail on you now. Okay, so think about it. In our society today, the person that people look down on the most in society is a pedophile. And they should because they're garbage human beings. And so if you have documented proof that somebody is a pedophile within the act, their entire life is ruined everything they have, everything they stand for, every like, and it should because they're garbage, but they lose it all. They lose everything. They lose all credibility. They are now the lowest of the low scum of the universe. And they are, they should be for engaging in these acts. But if you have that blackmail, you have the ultimate blackmail. And so the idea is that Elaine Maxwell would handle Jeffrey Epstein and Jeffrey Epstein had a very large, very affluent network of individuals that he would utilize and basically create blackmail to use against people like Prince Andrew, against things like people like Bill Clinton, against people like 
all of the celebrities that were found on this island. And let me see if I can even be pull up a list of that. So let's look up um, Epstein Island. So let's see who they are. Jeffrey Epstein flight list. So who we have is Prince Andrew, for one. Ghislaine Maxwell, obviously. Bill Clinton had 26 trips on the Lolita Express between 2001 and 2003. And if you don't know what Lo the Lolita term comes from, <coughs> thank you for all of you who blessed me. Um, if you don't know where the term Lolita comes from, it comes from a movie in the past, before my time even, where it was about some underage girl and some love affair, I believe. And that's where the term Lolita comes from. And that's where even the term is used for like child pornography is of it's used the word Lolita, like underage girl is basically the term that that means. And he call, he had this motherfucker had the balls to call his plane the Lolita Express, just rubbing your face in it. So anyways, 26 times Bill Clinton was on this flight between 2001 and 2003. Kevin Spacey was on the list in 2002. Naomi Campbell. Chris Tucker. Alan Dershowitz. Surprise, surprise. Um, and many others. Those are the main ones that they list there, though. Obviously, Prince Andrews is a huge problem. Um... But that should not surprise you, knowing the past of the royal family. Let's move on. So, crazy, crazy situation of what this is could potentially turn into with this case. And even just that breaking information just now about the, the jail cellmate. Um, unbelievable. And what the implications of that could be within the trial. And what the implications of that could be within the idea in, of the general public accepting the fact that this could have even come close to being a suicide. If 10 days later, he takes on the legal team of Ghislaine Maxwell. All right, so the last thing that we're going to talk about here is going to be um, the terrible situation um, that happened in uh, Wisconsin. And so there's an I, there's the footage out there and we can watch some of that. But first, I just want to talk about it because it was a, it was an unbelievably terrible, horrific situation. There was uh, a Christmas parade and a man, uh, many news publications per reported that he was fleeing the scene of a crime and he, the, the police refuted that and said that's not what happened. So this man in his SUV, a red SUV, and this is within a reasonable amount of like distance from Kenosha. It's not that far from my understanding. Um, drives through this parade, this Christmas parade of young women and old women and folks. And, you know, think, think of your parade. Think of the band playing and the cheerleaders and everybody is smiling and having fun and throwing candy. And this red SUV comes screaming through the audience and the parade um, looked like 25, 35, 40 miles per hour at one point and just horrifically mows down a large group of people. Um, as of right now, five are, are pronounced dead. 40 others are injured and they do know who this individual is. And so from my understanding, the internet found this person's picture within his car and they confirmed who it was because you can go onto Google and find this guy's name and you can find his address and then you can find the Google picture of his home. And you can see very clearly this car is parked immediately in front of it. Um, so let's go ahead and look up a little bit of information about that. All right, so this is Black Lives Matter activist Vaughn Mays suggested that the Waukesha, Wisconsin incident that killed five people Sunday afternoon, or Sunday evening, I'm sorry, may have been the reaction to the Rittenhouse verdict. Police arrested suspect Daryl E. Brooks early Monday after he allegedly, so Daryl Brooks was the person who did this, uh, plowed through a crowd at the Waukesha Christmas Parade in a red SUV that left five people dead and more than 40 injured. Mays arrived at the scene early Monday, giving his own account of what he witnessed on a Facebook live stream in the aftermath of the incident in the video. Mays said an anonymous source made claims that Brooks drove through the crowd as retribution for Rittenhouse's trial. And so this individual 
is a part of Black Lives Matter. And think of it like this. If there was some type of terrorist act, and there's, this is a t- act of terror. This is a terrorist. This is a terrorist act. If this person was doing this in response to Afghanistan and us pulling out of there and this happened right after here and ISIS was a part of it, it's like the, and this, they mowed down five people in a parade. That's an act of terror. There's no other thing to say about this than it being an act of terror. So he says, it's a Black Lives Matter thing, uh, activist, Vaughn Mays, at um, Young LZ, Y-U-N-G-L-Z, if you're on Twitter and want to find his stupid ass, at the scene of the Waukesha parade attack, it sounds like the revolution has started. He, as he mentions, hearing from a source who believes Daryl Brooks may have been motivated by the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. I don't know. Now, we don't have to wait and see, because they did, they did have some money in custody. We may have to wait and see what they say about why this happened. But it sounds like possible that the revolution has started in Wisconsin, starting with this Christmas parade. Uh, now, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's something I'm missing, but it's... I said I wasn't going to speak on the rumors. Y'all are repeating some of the stuff that, you know, that has come up. And uh, I, I did tell you that the initial person who reached out to me said that they believe that this has to do with the verdict. Um, and so I made an assumption of which side it would be from, but I don't know. Sounds like somebody... Um, Multiple people, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm not going to repeat it or, or speak. Okay. So he's backtracking a lot there. You can see that. Um, but one thing that's super concerning to me is him going on there and saying, the revolution has started. Like the fucking revolution means mowing down a bunch of young children and elderly folks at a fucking Christmas parade, you garbage individual. The revolution, that's the start of a revolution, is obliterating the lives of five innocent people at a Christmas parade with children and elderly folks present. So he is claiming to be a a part of Black Lives Matter and is also has at this point claimed that this was a retribution or the revolution is started as a result of this person committing this atrocious act against small children and elderly folks. However, there's also talk with the individual who actually did do that, um, who, who was arrested for doing this. Um, let's see if we can find him. So, this is from The Sun. And it says, Chilling lyrics, Waukesha Parade suspect Daryl Brooks wrote anti-Trump rat, rant, <laughs> anti-Trump rap and declared, fuck the pigs before Rampage. So it says the suspect in the Christmas parade rampage that killed five revelers wrote an anti-Trump rap and declared fuck the pigs according to the song posted online. Aspiring rapper Daryl Brooks, 39, who performed under his name Math Boy Fly. That's a fucking stupid name for a rapper. Math Boy Fly also shared songs about killing on his YouTube channel and SoundCloud pages. Brooks is facing five charges of intentional homicide, Waukesha's police chief confirmed on Monday. One of his songs included the lyrics, They are gonna need a cleaner for the shit we did. All my killers, Gacy, where them bodies hid. Another song from SoundCloud page says, Sliding through the city with no safety on. Other lyrics, Fuck Donald Trump and Fuck the Pigs. He also posted the video on his Twitter accounts, ranting about the speech they made about then-President Barack Obama, which he called a crock of bullshit. And he raps about AK-47s, Lyric Show, with a playlist. All right, cool. Um, so, sounds like he's a shitty rapper who wanted to act tough. But let's listen to these lyrics in the anti-Trump rap and see if it's enough cause for him to go do this horrific act. This that Malcolm X shit, revolutionary. This for my in the can eating commissary for every ghetto in america i know they wait this that donald trump flow and whoever this street this for the hood it's in our blood yeah this for us 
got that AK-47 just like Malcolm. These devils try to take me down, bet they coming with them. Police is tripping, fuck around and be a shooting victim. I keep it on me, I kill one for sure, I kill the witness. So fuck a pig and the judge, that's how I'ma live it. Man, we was asking for too long, now they gotta give it. All right, so one thing we can conclude is he's a garbage-ass rapper who has no business um, thinking he can uh, continue that nonsense here. Um, so what? I, I don't know. Take out of that. One thing I could, I could take out of that is he said something about Malcolm X, and you know, traditionally the idea of Malcolm X is the you know violent half of um, gain for equality, but you know. I, you know, I don't know if you can take a song like that. Yeah, I don't think you take that at face value. Some dude trying to act tough um, and saying fuck Donald Trump, which is probably on a million rap songs. But the sentiment's there, right? And I, I don't see if he's not fleeing from a scene of something, um, why would you? There's nothing urgent enough for him to be going through that audience that way. Um, and so the only thing that you can expect, and, and, and the fact that the media now has not has been just silent on this idea that it could be retribution or the start of the revolution, according to this Black Lives Matter person, um, is just silent. There's no possible way. Like the, the fact that Kyle Rittenhouse is white and shoots three other white people is all of a sudden a race war happening. Um, but two days after that, within miles of Kenosha, a black individual runs over a parade of seemingly mostly white individuals, um, murdering five in a horrific act of terrorism and just silent, silent and misreporting that he was running from the police, trying to in some way shape the narrative or cover this up on his behalf because it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit their narrative. It doesn't fit what they want you to view the, the, the Black Lives Matter movement as. And that was something interesting about the Rittenhouse stuff is Rittenhouse did actually say something positive about Black Lives Matter, which, you know, between, you know, he's a young kid. He, he, may, he probably doesn't know all the implications of that statement or like the deep-seated, you know, communistic uh, totalitarian belief systems that they hold and what they're trying to actually move us towards. You know, it's like very few people you'll ever come across in your life disagree with the sentiment of that statement, right? Of course, Black Lives Matter. But, you know, maybe you don't want to associate with a group that's calling for communism in the United States. Just a thought. Um, but I think that's what we got, guys. I think it was... Uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll see more unfold on this situation. And I think it was a horrific event. And um, do was it the start of the revolution for Black Lives Matter? Was it a, an, a racially motivated terrorism attack? It seems like it, right? It seems like it. The, the, the likelihood that this act happens in Wisconsin within days by somebody who's associating with Black Lives Matter is just very low. And so if that's what it was, this guy should rot in hell. And I'm sure he will anyways. And, um, and I guess we'll see more information as that what, as, as time goes on. So, um, thank you guys so much for watching a uh, really interesting updates here. Let me know, man. Like if you, if you, if anything rang true to you today, if that Kyle Rittenhouse shoe situation just crumbled a house of cards for what that could have been, um, or maybe you found that clip of the, uh, of a different situation where that happened previously in a, a legal court proceeding, um, or of another president without a foot, you let me know. Cause I'm, I'm really interested, but I don't think that's the case. I, I think that I don't know what to think now about the case. That shit really fucked me up when I saw it. Um, and then correlation between, you know, the, the, the same thing happening in the presidential photo the day before. And you're telling me that's not just a little couple clues being dropped during all of this by somebody that's deep in this game and is playing 3D chess with these people. Um, I don't know. But it really, really is an interesting uh, conversation to be had. And, and if you have a better explanation and maybe you know more about videography than I do, um, let me know, too, if you think that that's a pos just a glitch. I, I don't know. You guys let me know. Um, let me know what you think about the Gillian Maxwell situation. You know, the fact that his um, cellmate hired her legal team, her legal team, 10 days after 
her lover dies in the cell next to him. It, it makes no sense. Um, and then on top of that, what, what's going on with the situation with the parade? Is it retribution? Is it the revolution on Black Lives Matter part? Is it an act of terror or is it some guy running from the cops, which I'm pretty sure we already know was not the case. So um, again, thank you guys so much for watching. This has been another great update for you guys, Red Pill Revolution. Um, go ahead, like this uh, like this um, channel, right? Subscribe, um, send it to a couple friends. If you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, go ahead and leave a five-star review. It would mean the world to me. Also, we got a few other things. If you want to donate, you can donate to the revolution. I, I'm here with a you know hundred dollar microphone, <laughs> and uh, I spend tons of time on this, guys. So if you can find it, you know, in your heart to uh, donate to this, if you think I'm doing something special here and you want to see it continue and uh, get better over time, which I only plan on getting better. Um, Please go to givesengo.com slash redpillrevolution. Even a dollar helps. You know, if I had a dollar from everybody who watches this, you know, it, it would just be so encouraging um, and allow me to, to get some better, uh, better technology to make this better for you guys. So, um, again, Red Pill Revolution. So it's uh, givesengo.com slash redpillrevolution. And then you can also go to redpillrevolution.co and uh, check out our merchandise. We have uh, the Misinformation Mafia uh, shirts. I think those are sick. And if I was watching somebody's podcast and they had that, I would have bought that shit already. So go check it out, redpillrevolution.co. Um, subscribe here, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and, uh, we're going to be starting the newsletter soon. So go to iChoose.red and leave me your email It asks for your phone number two, which is cool. Cause then we can start doing some other updates that way. Um, but for right now, just go give me your email and I'd love to get you guys signed up. We're going to be dropping the links, dropping a little bit more details about the conversations that we're having. Um, and that's all I got. Thank you guys so much. I hope you're having a great day. Um, let me know your thoughts and, uh, welcome to the revolution.